Join me in in looking at Hebrews chapter 12 this morning. We're going to start at the end of the chapter. We're going to find our way back to the beginning of the chapter. And I just want to, I want to put this verse in front of us. I'm going to interact with it slightly today. And then we're going to spend time in it later uh, this month as we stand up a little start of the year series. I think where the Lord wants us to spend Hebrews chapter 12. Look at verse 28 and 29. I hope you have a Bible or you have an app or something you're going to be reading through this year. If you do, look at that yourself right there. Don't just depend on the screen. Uh, And the reason why that matters is because you're going to take this home with you. You're not going to be taking that screen home with you. So whether it's an app that you can go back and look at later on tonight or tomorrow, take this verse with you. Look at it first for yourself. I'm going to read it carefully in just a sec. Verse 28, therefore, let us, hold on to those words because they're all over Hebrews chapters 10, 11, and 12. Let us, is everywhere. Let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. There's a lot in that passage. We're going to unpack some of it in the future, but I just want to point something out on the way into this message. And as we back our way into the beginning of Hebrews chapter 12, There is a voice right here. It's sitting before you this morning. It's here if you just pick up your Bible and read it. And it's it's speaking to you like you belong with whoever this voice is. And it's saying to you, let us do something. Let us here offer to God acceptable worship. Right. I'm, I want to start the year in that category. I'm actually going to start that series this morning and do that in a couple of weeks. But I, I want us to start the year in that category, in a posture, pondering this voice of the Spirit that speaks to everybody who's a Jesus follower and says, let us offer to God acceptable worship as opposed to some other variety. <clears throat> which certainly can happen in our lives. But that voice that speaks to us to do that is competing with a lot of other voices. All right, so I don't know if you've noticed the let us voices that you've already encountered this year. Today is January 1st. And I was just thinking, I, you know, I haven't gotten to preach many messages on January 1st. You know, it only happens Sunday falls on January for every seven years. Uh, and then often I usually take off some time between Christmas and New Year's. So I usually ask one of the other pastors to, to speak. So I don't know if I've ever spoken in years on January the 1st. But in this moment, you've just spent days in the holidays and leading up to this moment, hearing a bunch of voices. And they were all saying, let us. Right? So I walked in Home Depot yesterday, maybe the day before. And the let us voice was there. It was in the, the way the store was arranged. When you walked in, the first thing that you saw was storage boxes and shelving. And Home Depot was saying, Keith, let us organize our garage. 
in all of our closets. This is what you do at the start of the year. And then I went next door to Walmart right after that. And I walked in and all the Adkins stuff and the protein powders were greeting me right when I walked in the door. They were stacks of them higher than I was. And they were all saying, let us eat right and lose weight and have a better year and exercise, etc. right? And if you turn on your electronic device, the ads in the margins are all saying, let us download a new app that will give you a new game to play or a better way to organize your entire world, right? So all around you is the noise of something saying, let us do something in 2023, right? I picked up this interesting thing here. There's always strategy taking place around us, right? The billboards you read, all the stuff that finds you because Google's tracking every breath you take. You guys do know that Google listens to you just because your phone is in the room with you. Did you know that? I'm not a conspiracy theorist here. That's just what it does. Your phone, unless you tell your phone not to let that happen, it listens to everything you do. It's why you can have a conversation about kangaroos. And next thing you know, there's kangaroo ads popping up on your phone. Where'd that come from? Well, this is where it comes from. This is from podium.com. This is how marketing guys are sending out news about the beginning of the year, right? Resolutions come with the new year with many people creating new goals or methods of reaching existing goals. People tend to choose resolutions that will help them achieve, listen, their long-term goals. For many people, New Year's resolutions are a way for people to quantify or outline, listen, their hopes and wishes for their new year. They also offer a way to overcome or erase mistakes from the previous Year. Okay, this is, this is the psychology of what's being gathered into this moment when these things are saying, let us. They are appealing to those three things. Your hopes, your wishes, and your mistakes, right? The Adkins thing is screaming at every overweight person who walks in Walmart. Look at the mistakes you made 30 pounds later last year, right? They go on and say, it is a smart, it's smart to be conscious of this as you create your New Year marketing strategy. For example, one common theme among New Year's Eve marketing ideas is showcasing how your product or service will help shoppers achieve their goals for the next year. All right, well, this morning, I want to just be right up front with you. As a pastor and a preacher, I am selling something every week. Every week. I never wanted to be a salesman. I have an engineering kind of a mind and background, so I don't really enjoy doing sales until I step into the pulpit. And I want to sell every person, everybody watching here today, I want to sell you on ideas every week. I want to argue with you. I want to convince you. I want to get you to abandon some ideas. This is what marketing does every week, doesn't it? And they appeal to the goals that you have. You have goals going into 2023. But I'm going to start the year this year, and I'm not going to do it this morning, but I'm going to make us aware of the idea that what about the God who has goals? Do those goals matter to you? Are you obsessed with them? Do you call them to mind 
when you strategize for 2023 and you create a calendar and you organize your life and there's reading materials and there's plans and there's ways to lose weight. And where did all that come from? Where's the let us voice asking you to join in with it? Because we have in this passage a God who is inviting. Let us offer to God acceptable worship. So I don't know if that's on anybody's list. I'm pretty sure it is. And the reality is because we have goals and dreams, we are offering to worship something in 2023. Maybe a few things are really, really important enough to us that we're going to assign value. We're going to gather around it. We're going to pay attention to it. We're going to interact with it. We're going to make time for it. That, that's, this is the stuff of worship, right? But God's going to want a piece of that. But this verse actually starts with a summation word, right? We've always looked at scripture and whenever you see the word therefore, you need to check out what it's there for. This is a summation word. This is the end of Hebrews chapter 12, where it says, therefore, let us. Well, therefore, as a result of what? Well, well, what began previous to it? And if we go all the way back to the beginning of Hebrews chapter 12, we have another therefore. This is where Hebrews 12 begins. This is a great start of the year, maybe every pastor should preach from this verse to begin the year. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set Before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's pray. Father, we have already stood before your presence, mindful of this moment starts a new year. And Lord, I'm so grateful that this morning we began that new year acknowledging your greatness, your worth, singing of your great value to us and all that you have been and all you will be to us in this coming year. And so Lord, there is wisdom in this passage that uniquely helps us to live this year well. Give us ears, Lord, we pray this morning to hear that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I want to get to two things that are in this passage that are going to be essential, critical for us living in 2023. But I want us to notice two other things that create the setting for this passage, right? The scene here is a great gathering. This is this voice of scripture by the Holy Spirit speaks to we, right? We are surrounded since we are surrounded. Let us. So there's a there's a group thing taking place here. And it's a particular moment here. There's a a scene, a a race that's set before us. Some great adventure is awaiting this group of people. If you're a big Lord of the Rings fan, this this is the, the meeting at Rivendell. This is where the fellowship of the ring gets formed. And this hours and hours of movie or thousands of pages of books are about to follow that meeting. We're on the dawn of an epic adventure. 
and really what the writer and the scriptures probably has in mind is, is not the Lord of the Rings, uh, but it's probably the, the Olympic races that were part of the culture back then. Right? Big major deal, uh, sort of a World Cup experience in the first century would have, would have been the Olympics. It's kind of like our Olympics t- took place every several years. And it was a major, major thing. People trained and prepared. And, and here's the imagery being created. There is this trained group standing at the starting line of the race. This big race is set before them. And this advice now is going to be given by this spiritual coach, if you will, on how to run the race. Well, that, isn't that us? little bit this morning, right? We, here we are all gathered we, uh, the imagery of us at a starting line. The, the gun is going to be fired today and we're going to run off into the race called 2023. And there's some advice in this passage for the adventure that we're about to be on, right? So there is, there's a gathering here and I want to, I want to put some emphasis on the fact that at the start of this race, the Holy Spirit inspires the writer to highlight a gathering. Coming together matters. And I cannot say that more importantly at the beginning of 2023 for the church that has lived in a season that gatherings have been hard to pull off. The last few years, gatherings have become very, very hard. I noticed, uh, I noticed this one actually when I, if I traveled to visit churches uh, in other parts of the Southeast, you, you'll go in and, and they all kind of remind you the same things going on everywhere. You'll drive past uh, empty, abandoned malls, right? Lakeside has survived incredibly. It, it's, it's a mystery. Drive to the other malls in the area. And you see the story of malls today. Whether you, the, the ones that used to be downtown, I used to work downtown. Remember the malls that went up downtown, the New Orleans Center and all this stores and shops. I don't know what it is now. It's closets and storage and office space and condos. Uh, Riverwalk, a shell of what it used to be. The Esplanade Mall. Oh my goodness, right? Even the Clearview Mall. Malls, people don't gather in malls anymore. Uh, people don't go to movies anymore. You've seen the reports like, you know, they spent billions of dollars making this new movie, Avatar. And, you know, they thought, hey, it's going to start during the holidays and there's going to be boatloads of money that we're going to make. And they released it into the uh, movie theaters. And they're very disappointed with the number of people who came because people don't gather the way they used to. But here... The race set before a bunch of Christians who want to follow Jesus, it is a together thing. It is not, it is not a golf game preparation. It is, a, it is a team dynamic. It is us being together. And so what you start with in verse 1, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. So before we start the race, can I, can I pull some other voices into this conversation? Can you and I listen for a second? And, and it's like a small group meeting happens. It's an epic, historic small group meeting. And if you're familiar with Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, you back up one chapter and you have a conversation with the great saints of old. And they all bring their story. Because What's happening in Hebrews in the first century was Christians were running the race, but they were very discouraged. They were beat up. Life was hard. 
They were losing things in their lives. They were going through circumstances they didn't anticipate. And it was all new. They hadn't lived the Christian life before. It was all new in the first century. So how do you encourage those folks? Well, what the writer of Hebrews does is he invites some guests in, into the living room here. And they have a small group meeting. And next thing you know, if you go back and read Hebrews 11, this is what you're going to find. You're going to find Noah speaks up. And he talks about his walk with God and what God was like in his days. And God gave him this epic adventure that took years and years and years in the making before it came to fruition. And Noah shares about delay and things taking a long time. And there you are sitting, listening, and you're in a season of delay. You're in a race that doesn't seem to be moving. Things have slowed down to a halt. Is this ever going to become fruitful? And you listen to Noah and something in you perks up. And you hear his story about how God's been at work. And then when he stops talking, Abraham and Sarah start talking. And they bring up that they were childless. And there was no way they were ever going to have children. They were never going to have heirs. And, and, and you've gone through childlessness. And you hear them speak. And they start talking about what God did next and what he did in Sarah's womb and the miracle that took place. You don't even have a category for the idea that God could show up miraculously in that until you hear that couple speak to you about their own lives. And then they they go on and share the story about how God relocated them. They went to a place we had no idea where we were going. We packed everything up and just moved. Well, but you've just moved. And you're in a place where you have no idea how to do life. And now you get to listen and your ears now perk up, don't they? You're hearing to a person who's in a new place. They don't know anybody. They don't know how to do this thing, but they walk with God and they follow God. And one person after another in Hebrews chapter 11 speaks and tells their story. And they kind of get to an end. I kind of, I don't know if I'll put this in your outline or not, but Hebrews 11, it's almost like, okay, guys, we've run out of time. Uh, We'll have to hear from some of these other guys next week. Hebrews 11 says this. And what shall we say? For time would fail to tell of Gideon. Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, and stopped the mouths of lions. We'll hear from those guys next week. Y'all come back. But it was a gathering. It was a gathering because sometimes you need real flesh and blood, people that you know just enough to know they're human, to tell you their story about how God stepped into their mess, their situation, and he was God. And he did something, and it wrestles with your heart. It's different than reading a book about a person you don't know. It's different when you sit with people that you know. These are just real, common people. But God met them. And you know what the context of chapter 12 and chapter 11 is? You you back up a little bit into chapter 10, you get this verse, right? This is a familiar verse. Let us, here's another let us, right? It's not Home Depot this time. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. I need other people to help me with that. I need people who can relate to where I am, who sound like me, look like me, have my weaknesses. They don't have it all together. The wheels come off of their life. They feel out of bounds like me too. I need them to help me hold fast the confession of my hope. So don't be one of those Christians who's more spiritual than the Bible. 
who's figured out somehow, no, you, you just need me and Jesus, man. It's just me and Jesus. Uh, no, it's not just you and Jesus. The Bible doesn't act like it's just you and Jesus. The Bible acts like you're going to gather with others and it's going to be you and Jesus and others. That's how it's going to happen. And then he goes on and says this, and let us, doesn't that let us, consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. That's the first century before COVID hit. How many guys recognize COVID changed a lot of our habits in a lot of ways? And we're still living in that. And so now we, you know, we, we're at church. We, we never get all of us together. We couldn't fit all of us in this building. We never get all of us together. We get bits and pieces of us because we kind of learned to do a bits and pieces life because we've let this gathering thing slip. And so in this setting where we're about to be told how to run this race, it's critical to see, hey, we all gathered together to hear a common voice tell us how to run this race. And what COVID did was it accelerated some things that already were at work in the last decade to cause us to be more isolated and not gather. That's why malls have been dying for years and movies have been dying for years and churches have been dying for years. Listen, listen to this. Jim Cimbala, I appreciate Jim Cimbala. Jim Cimbala is a pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle uh, in Brooklyn. Um, I, I probably, Jim and I probably wouldn't agree on certain doctrinal elements, but I, I just appreciate this man, his walk with God, his sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, his faith with which he walks. And he's written a few books that I've benefited from over the years. Uh, he wrote one recently in this pandemic world that we live in about the church called Fan the Flame. He says... A recent Gallup poll found that for the first time since they started polling in the 1930s, the number of Americans who describe themselves as affiliated with a church, synagogue, or mosque has fallen below 50%. Actual church attendance is even lower. According to one recent survey, only about a third of Americans attend services every or almost every week in 2020. More than 50% say they attend seldom or never. Are these negative trends not stunning? But it's happening across the board. Leaders from almost all the major Protestant denominations and traditions give the same report. Church members are leaving for one reason or another. And as a result, many local assemblies are shutting down. Fewer people now go to church in America than ever before. Right, so there is this context. There's this gathering of God's people. You know, think Boston Marathon, starting line, a massive crowd all gathered together with the paint of start across there. And there's this voice from Hebrews that speaks to all of us. And it begins to give us this counsel and this advice, but don't overlook the obvious. You had to gather together to get that word spoken to you. You couldn't just be on your own. And then we get this news. I don't know if you've thought about this. There is a race set before us. 2022 just came to a close a few hours ago. 
2023 is the next leg of race. And you're going to run that race individually. If you're married, you run it with a spouse, with your family. But you're going to run it with the church as well. If you're a member of the body of Christ, you are a member of something. So you run this race with a variety of dimensions. But 2023 starts today. And what a thought. The sovereign, all-powerful God set a race before us. Now, let me get to the unwelcome news in that category. Here's the unwelcome part. And this is a little bit of an awkward thing for us in the time frame in which we live. How can I say it in the most irritating way possible? Someone else chose your race. There is a race set before you. Read those words carefully. You didn't set it before you. You didn't create it. There is a race set before you. When you take that first step out of the starting blocks of 2023, the places you're going to put your feet and the course you are going to run in your life was chosen for you. You okay with that? I mean, you're an American. Nobody is the boss of me. You can't take my rights away. I get to choose. Choice is a big deal in America in all kinds of ways. I'm not going to get super political here. But here we get introduced to the idea that, did you know this is how God operates? Is this, is this news for any of us? That your life has assignment elements to it? That God has assigned something to you? All right, I don't know how you feel. Don't want to get too far into the weeds here. But how, I don't know, how do you feel about 2022? It was a race that you started last year. How was that year? How was that race? You want a refund? You want to talk to somebody in management? Right? Right. 2022 was a bad gift. Can I talk to the management? Uh, can we not do that again in 2023? Listen, I get that. There's parts of 2022 I don't want anything to do with, and I don't ever want it to happen again. But then there's something that it does to me that's actually very helpful when I realize that race was put together by God. And I didn't like all of it. It's okay for you to say that. God already knows. So you didn't like the race, did you? I got another race for you. Well, I'm not sure I want that one either. <laughs> right? Who knows what 2023 has because I'm not sure I like 2022's version. But this race is set before us. Elsewhere, you're going to read in Scripture that we are not our own. We have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God with your body. We are not our own. So you're starting 2023, you're making plans, you got your calendar out, you're, you've got new apps to plan for the year, at least I'm trying to do that. Uh, are, are you starting this year as, as the owner? Or are you just the manager? Do you own the place? 
You get to determine what you will and won't do this year, where you will and won't go, how you're going to manage this part of your life, what people are you going to let in and not let in, how you're going to use your time and your money. Is that up to you? Because if it is, you're the owner, right? But then the Bible comes along and says, you are not your own. Did you know you were bought with a price? Someone else, God himself, owns you. This is helpful insights. Alan Noble wrote an interesting book. I think it was last year or the year before. Titled, You Are Not Your Own. He says, from the early political liberalism of the 17th century, I always like to trace ideas and how they come to us. Because this idea is in your veins. It's like lead poisoning. Nobody ever actually injects lead into their veins, do they? They just get around stuff that seeps in. And next thing you know, you're poisoned by it. And you don't even know you are until you took a blood test and look what popped up. Uh, I think I'm my own. I think I own the place. That's already in me. Where did it come from? Or can I tell you how long it's been around? Well, it's been around a long time. Uh, But here recently, listen to this. The early political liberalism of the 17th century, go back to the 1600s, with its language of individual liberties and rights, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain and alienable rights. We love that document, don't we? But what if it gets out of hand? What if we take these ideas formulated by smart dudes who wrote some documents we held on to too far? It says, over time, Westerners began to think of themselves as naturally sovereign. The modern political idea that we are owners of ourselves has widened to encompass all aspects of existence. From this idea flows the belief in the virtue of freedom as limitless. And that's the country you and I are living in right now. Every individual has the right to do whatever it is that they want to do. And it is tearing everything apart because freedom was never meant to be experienced that way. Right? Political point. This is the fundamental lie of modernity, that we are our own. The first question to answer in the Heidelberg Catechism reads, listen, question, what is your only comfort in life and death? Answer, that I may not, that I am not my own, but belong, body and soul, both in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. A proper understanding of our personhood requires we recognize that we are not our own. At our core, we belong to Christ. And this belonging to Christ necessarily entails belonging to his body, the church, and to our families and neighbors. As anthropology defined by our belonging to God is diametrically opposed to the contemporary belief that we are autonomous, free, atomistic individuals who find our greatest fulfillment in breaking free from all external norms. Hey, don't don't put that on me, man. Ourselves belong to God. We are joyfully limited, limited and restrained by the obligations, virtues, and love that naturally come from this belonging. Oh, what a list of unpopular words. Really? 
You're going to try and sell this this morning, Keith? Uh, yeah. We are joyfully limited. How many want to sign on for being limited? Don't you want to be limited in 2023? Don't you want some boundaries that you can't go past? Restrained by obligations. What? There's stuff I'm supposed to be doing? Wait, don't put, oh, now there's guilt and there's expectations. Where are you going with this? Restrained by them. Yes, virtues and love for others that take priority over what I had planned to do this morning rather than being in church with all you people. Jim Simbola points out, he hears this in churches, accommodating this thought. He says, it's as if the pastors have stopped seeking Christ for what he wants his church to be and instead started asking people what they want it to be. It's consumer religion. Giving people what they want instead of what God wants to give them. What does God want to give you? A race. He wants to set before you in 2023 a race, a sovereign, well-thought-out, wisdom-from-God plan. God, God briefs you in the starting line here. I don't know if you've ever had kids who run in a big race and you, know, you have that little moment before and they're all gathered and there's little conversations going on. What are, the, what are the talk of God talking to this massive crowd about to run the race of 2023? And you hear God having conversations one after another. I know the plans I have for you and for you and for you and for you. I, I, I know the plans I have for you. And, he, and then he sets a race before you. How, I mean, how do you feel about that? Right? There is a sense of restraint in that because that, to run his race means you might not run another race. The race you dreamed of, the race you preferred, the easier race that you would like to sign on for. But what an adventure to think you and I get to run the race God thought of. The perfect, imaginative, all creative, all loving father thought of a race for me in 2023. Are, are you eager for that? Are you anticipating what that might be and how God might meet you in that. Listen, I know 2023, and I'm going to encourage us this morning, 2023 is suddenly upon us. Everything feels like it's suddenly upon us. So if you're sitting here this morning, you're thinking, Keith, oh man, you are way ahead of me. I have not thought through 2023. I'm just, I'm just looking to do some grocery shopping so we have something to eat tomorrow. Um, all right, how about, can, can I get you to do this? I'm going to dial you back a little bit and say, hey, it, I know it's January 1st, but you haven't missed the deadline. What if we just take the first week of this new race and strategize? What if you're not too late? What if you take this week and you say, okay, God, I want to tune in to the fact that you have set a race before me. I don't know if I've thought about that. And I don't know if I've thought what it might look like and what you might want me to do and what categories of my life you might want me to live in, focus on, be excited about, have faith for, change, do something different with. And, and how to how to plan for that, how to make room for that to get run in my life. All right, so you're not too late. I'm gonna spend this week fine-tuning whatever I can put my hands on in my heart from God to run a race that he has set before us.
So let's do that this week. Maybe some of you guys are super duper planners and you knew this was coming. You've already done that this week. You're good to go. Great. We don't like you. Uh, the rest of us are running behind. You know, we sleep in late and we're unorganized. So we need this extra week. But how valuable is it to actually take a time with the mindset? There is a sovereign God who set a race before me for 2023 and before this church and before your family and all the settings where God has placed you. Out of that understanding, two critical pieces of advice are here, right? I know it took me a long time to get to these two pieces, but all right, here's your two pieces of advice for 2023. This passage picks up two activities. It's going to call you to lay aside some things and to look to something. So in 2023, let's start the race by laying aside and looking to. Laying aside and looking to. That's the advice inspired by the Holy Spirit for the race that God is giving us. He calls us to lay aside, lay aside. Put some things down. Stop doing some things. Give up something. Dial that back a little bit. Decrease that activity in your life. That's what, that's what give that up. Lay it aside is going to have to do with. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but this is super critical. Because if you're wanting to follow Jesus, this is kind of like front-end material. This is what Jesus sounds like when he interacts with people's lives he highlights their need to lighten their load, to do less, to put something down. And those who follow Jesus seem to take delight in it. John the Baptist loved the idea. This great man was called the greatest man on earth. He, he said this about himself. He says, I, I must decrease. He must increase. How many of us are standing at the starting line with all of our dreams and goals? And most of us, because we're Americans, we want more and better and bigger. That's what 2023, more, better, bigger, more, better, bigger. Let's go 2023. Come on. And I could get an audience if I could preach that this morning. How about lighten your load? How about take that out of your pockets? Put that down. How about a little bit less of this? Remember the rich young ruler who approached Jesus? He wanted to fix his life, but he had a lot going on. And Jesus interacted with him, totally blew the poor guy's mind. He basically said, hey, dude, why don't you empty your pockets and your calendar and come follow me? That was his advice. He told the rich young ruler, that's what he's famously called. Why don't you uh, sell everything, give it to the poor and come follow me? Where are you going? Oh, you'll find out. You know, the invitation for Jesus to follow him almost never gets explained in scripture. God doesn't sit down and tell you all the places he's going to be taking you. But you're going to have to lighten your agenda, aren't you? Because you have to be available to his. And that's what he tells. And then the, the disciples overhear him say that. And they were like, wait, Jesus, what about us? We've, we've left our homes and they've left their businesses and their people. And Jesus turns to them and he, he sort of fills them in a little bit. Hey, there's, there's no one who has left home or job or family who will not be rewarded in eternity, Jesus says. So, which basically means, hey, maybe nothing's coming in soon. You won't be getting a check in the mail anytime soon, guys. But eventually, 
the reward is out of this world. And then Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him take up his cross, deny himself, and follow me. Right, so lightening your load <clears throat> is something that is done throughout Jesus presenting the kingdom of God to people. When crowds would gather around him, he would sort of run them off. Right? And you'll see that. I'm not going to read that Luke 14 passage, but maybe in devotion times, you can read that this week. Jesus interacting with these crowds that were curious about him a little bit. And he would break the news to them. You know, I just want you guys to know... Um, Unless you kind of hate mother, father, brother, sister, the things that are dear to you in your life, you, you, you cannot be my disciple. Well, how popular is that? You're going to have to deprioritize, lay some things aside. And then he picks on a couple of examples. Every weight and sin, which so easily entangles. So here we are gathered, starting this race, and the master of the race turns and says, okay, guys, if, if you're going to run this race with me, then uh, let's, let's start with the weights. How about you lay aside the weights, right? That word in the Greek language, the original language of scripture is load and burden and impediments, things that are in the way. How about, how about you lay some of those things aside? But we're Americans, most of the things that are loads or burdens or impediments in our lives, they're not critically necessary. They're extras. They're luxuries. They're things that we really enjoy, which makes them really hard to put them down, doesn't it? I wrote this out in your outline, but just food for you to think about. What is in your life right now that's creating an energy drain on you? What just zaps you of your creativity and your energy and your will to do? What's taking up so much time that it's making life feel exhausting and burdensome. And I don't know too many people who wouldn't say that's what my life feels like, exhausting and burdensome. What absorbs your best intentionality, right? You make sure this gets done and leaves other things in the random maybe category. You got to figure out what that is because you're starting the race and there's something that's, so weighty and so involved in the energy that you're expending that other stuff is becoming random. Maybe, maybe that'll happen and just deprioritized. But other things we make sure and do them consistently and to run the race that God is setting before us this year, we probably have to lay some of those things down. All right, so in your notes, I want you to do this. I want you to take this with you. This is part of your assignment to prepare for this week. I've got a couple of little boxes I want you to just fill in, right? The first one asks this question. What are the influential impediments to your spiritual growth and call to discipleship that are going with you into 2023? What's in the way? And these are kind of optional things, Right? There are things you could put down. The Bible does not call us to put down things we cannot put down, right? Don't, don't somebody read this and think, oh, great. I guess, guess I need to stop being married because uh, that's certainly an impediment. <laughs> uh, all right, so the Bible's not calling you to put down things that you're not called to put down. But that means there are some things in our lives that are optional. They don't have to be there. 
They're not under some protected measure from God. The second category that gets highlighted is, how about you put down the sin which entangles us? That one's an easy one, right? And it's obviously a, a call to put down things that we can put down. Let me tell you what you can't put down. You can't put down your propensity to sin. You can't put down your fallenness. You can't put down your vulnerability to be tempted. You can't put any of those things down. They're going to go with you until you get a glorified body and you get out of this world. So the Bible's not calling you to put those things down. It's not calling you to live some perfected life. You are going to make mistakes. You are going to get overtaken by things. That's going to happen. So it's not speaking to those categories. It's speaking to things you could decide to stop doing. You could decide. You could train yourself a little bit differently so that that thing that I keep on doing, I've been doing it for years. I'm going to just take it with me into this next part of the race. It's like, I'm, I'm pulling up. Here I am in the crowd. I've got like this big trailer behind me with a wheel that's off of it. And the other one's flat. And I'm like, wait, guys, hold, wait for me. I'll catch up. I'm coming. I'm coming. It's, and somebody just has the sense to say, hey, why, why don't you detach that thing from you? You could. There are, there are sins that travel with us year after year after year. They tend to be character issues. They tend to be practices that we allow. Like I put a few categories here. Do some homework. You got a question here. You got to interact with. What are the sinful attitudes, habits, and pursuits that are going with you into 2023? Could be relational, attitudinal sins that create lots of weight and busy work that drain your energy to run the race. There are the practices and the cultivation and the tolerance of sinful attitudes that when you let them off the leash in your life and they flourish, they add weight. That trailer that's got a broken wheel and a flat tire starts to get loaded up. If you say yes to sin one more time, just have this image in you. You want to run the race this year? Because you just let another giant boulder be put into the trailer. And then you practice another, and you put another boulder. And let me just warn us, because I think we're in in some of the darkest times that any of us have ever traveled through. When, When you tolerate sin's existence, you invite more darkness. And eventually it gets so dark. How many of you guys had to drive through severe fog this morning? Because you weren't up early enough, by the way. Thank you guys who came from the North Shore. I know you had to fight some fog. I mean, I'm driving from Destrahan, and of course, we're all swamp out there. And I can't see a car anywhere. I'm like, I'm going to ram somebody here. I just I could not see very far in front of me at all. Listen, when you let sin stay, the fog gets so thick, you stop seeing and you Stop making sense of your life, which means you're not going to run this race very well. You don't even know where the course is. And and don't be casual about this, because remember, what starts with a race ends in Hebrews chapter 12. The last part of that chapter is, for God is a consuming fire. I don't know if any of you have bought into this idea that you can accommodate travel in, be okay with sin, and relate to God. 
Let us offer acceptable worship with reverence and awe for God is a consuming fire. The guy who sets the race in front of us. So listen, if you're traveling into 2023 and you know, I got this sin thing going on. I don't tell a lot of people about it. I confessed it to like my fellowship group like five years ago and never brought it up again. And I still not fixed any of it. Haven't decided, haven't done the hard work to overcome that. It's still in me. Uh, Listen, you, you are inviting darkness into your life in a way that you have no idea. You, and you'll think, you'll think you're running the race. Can I just tell you, the race is way over there and you're running hard way over here. And you have no idea why. And you don't even know you are. And then when somebody else tries to help point that out to you, pride has grown so resistive in you that you don't even listen. You don't want anybody to correct you anymore. And the race is over there. The thing that God said I set before you that's glorious, it's over there. So so listen, don't make the mistake of traveling into 2023. Do some homework this week. Write down what are sinful attitudes and habits that are in my way. All right, I've got to do this in two seconds. Looking to Jesus. Let me just say this, and there's a series of questions here I want you to interact with for this week. But looking to Jesus cannot, I have to say this, in an American pluralized culture, I have to say this. It cannot be the sentimental Jesus that you have created. That, that's a powerful verse at the end of Hebrews 12. That will, It's going to inform us a lot. Because let us offer to God acceptable worship. In other words, you can approach God in an unacceptable way. With reverence and awe, not with casualness and slack. For God is a consuming fire. Listen, before anybody decides, I want to run the race in 2023, I want to believe in Jesus. Before you decide any of that, God is already. You understand? You don't get to sentimentally create him. You just get to get to know the one who already exists. He is something already. Jesus, looking to Jesus. What Jesus? Well, you know, the one that just helps all of us dream big dreams and he's for all of us because, you know, he's the God of love. He's for everything that I love. Look to Jesus at the beginning of chapter 12, the consuming fire at the end of chapter 12. That's the same Jesus. So, you know, we don't get to start 2023 with a sentimentalized version of Jesus. We get to look at the real Jesus. So my question is, where are you learning who this Jesus is in 2023? So that's my first question for you to fill in. What reading, studying, and teaching will you engage in 2023? What's your plan to learn? Jesus gives this invitation. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you and learn, learn of me. And so, all right, what's the plan in 2023? Think about that this week. Lord, when, when am I going to create time, create moments? What meetings like this am I going to go to on a consistent basis that are going to help me learn you, who you are, so that I can actually look to you? Looking to Jesus, secondly, it means obeying and following him. So can you answer the question, in what ways are you serving Jesus in 2023? 
Because if Jesus never becomes king and Lord and the one who has the right to direct us into activity, then you kind of aren't following Jesus the way Jesus really is. And if you follow Jesus, you're going to be serving. He's the king. We serve his agenda. You're going to serve other people. You're going to lay your life down for the people near and dear to you and the ones you don't even like and the church that you go to. Right, so answer that question. Third question is this. Looking to Jesus, Seth, you can come up, buddy. Looking to Jesus means worshiping, worshiping him. And I'm going to set that word apart, and I'm not going to say anything about it this morning because we're going to develop that word in the weeks to come. There is something unique. You and I like a lot of things. We love a lot of things. We enjoy a lot of things. There's a lot of good things. There's a lot. All kinds of created things that God has made, people that are in our life. You and I have a particular aspect of our lives that is alone reserved for God. It's called worship. We aren't called to worship anything but him. So in 2023, I'm standing at the starting line. I got a lot of things going on. I got relationships. I'm scheduling. I got my calendar going on. I got my planner. I'm creating a plan. I've got diet taking place. What am I going to eat? What am I going to eat? I'm going to change this. I'm going to go to the gym. I'll do that on the mornings. What am I thinking about by way of this unique thing, me and God? What's my plan to worship him in 2023? And that'll be unique because... You're not to be worshiping anything else. So you can't think about that in relation to other stuff. You have to think about it exclusively in relation to him to start this year. So if you do this, I don't think we we didn't get a chance to put this QR code up there on the screen. But in your notes, and I don't have a copy of your notes, on the back of it, and if you didn't get notes, uh, shame on you. Don't let that happen again. Uh, grab them on the way in. What that helps you do is everything you can't remember that I said that took too long anyway, you can recount during the week and look at those notes. There's a QR code across the bottom. There's a few of them. One of them, I can't remember what it says. Somebody shout at me. The one all the way to the right? Starting the year. If you just take your picture of that QR code, it's going to take you to a page that's going to provide all kinds of resources more than what you need. So just find what works for you. That's why there's a few of them. Some about planning and productivity, some really helpful stuff in those categories. But take a picture of that code. Go to that page. If you want to just go to our web page, you can find all this stuff there as well. So this week, we're going to sit down with the Lord. And we're going to take this first week to start the race. And we're going to do that together because there's a part of our lives that we're going to run in this race together. We're, we're going to need each other along the way. So I want to do you this favor and I want to ask you to do me this favor. Like if, if I'm coming to the race line and every one of you can look at me and say, Keith, you're going to, you're going to unplug that ugly trailer from your life before you run the race with us. Or are you going to be running that thing with us? Um, probably my wife would be the one to identify those issues. <laughs> Whatever those things are, this is a moment for us. It's a unique moment, right? Start of the year. Can you think about whether God wants to detach that stuff from your life? Make a clean break. And I'm going to say that up front. I think there's, there's something simple about just getting right with God. Just get right with him.
the secret things, the unwillingness, that stuff floats up really quick. And so, and here's what's simple about that. I'm asking you to just live in that one category just for a minute. Is to get right with God doesn't mean you have to fix it all. It doesn't mean you've got a plan for this never to ever happen again. You know, don't pollute the moment with all that. God will give you some direction in that. It starts with a heart that's just willing to be in agreement with God. That's where it starts. So it's January 1. I can't think of a better thing to invite you to do. Is your heart just willing to be in agreement with God about attitudes, about actions, about goals, about what I'm going to be about this year? Are you just, are you just willing to be posture to say, God, I'm not going to resist. I don't know where you're going to take me. I don't know what you're going to change. I don't know what will be new in 2023. But I just want to start the year surrendered to you. That's how I want to start. Let's stand up together. Father, thank you for every person who after busy week and after New Year's Eve celebrations when they're here this morning, Lord, gathered at the starting line for the race you have set before us. God, I pray you'd help each and every one of us be mindful that the God who is intentional, who knows our names, he knows the hairs on our heads, he knows the days he's ordained for us, has got something in mind for 2023. Lord, for some, it's going to be a year of incredible celebrations of joys, of wonder, of new things. Lord, for some, it's going to be what this chapter sounds like, an endurance race. Things will be hard. Things will be challenging. There'll be temptations to quit. And Lord, we will, we will need to be reminded of this moment. We stood at the starting line with you, Lord, and with one another. And you had a purpose for us and a plan. Lord, if that purpose and plan is hard, discouraging, Lord, you're still with us. It's still your plan. So we're looking to you and we're trusting in you. But God, I pray specifically for something that can be done this morning, Lord. Not something that's going to need to be sustained and something that's got to be created in some incredible plan and an app to download. Just a heart decision this morning. says, God, I will not resist you in 2023. It's risky. God, I'm open. Which means this morning, anything that I'm carrying with me from 2022 that I know you don't want in my life, any sin, right here this morning, Lord, right here this morning, I'm making a decision, Lord, right here this morning to put it down. Lord, make my 2023 different than 2022 was in that particular category. Lord, write a new story. Lord, I want to be like Noah and Moses and Abraham and Sarah who could sit down in a small group with some other people and say, hey, let me tell you my story. I went through this and then I just surrendered to God and 
Oh, how things changed and a new day came. Lord, I pray for 2023 to be a new day for many who are here this morning or watching that are just making a simple decision. I'm going to deny myself the pleasures of sin and trust and hope in God. Right now, this morning, I'm doing that. January 1, I'm doing that. Lord, make a new day to come because some are just trusting in you. Lord, change lives. Change the course. Give a race to run that's not slowed down by the junk we're dragging with us. Lord, bring the joy of running at a faster speed, of being rescued out of the darkness and seeing more of the life that you have given to us. God, bring that day in 2023. But Lord, we start the race together. We start the race in faith. We start the race looking to you who set this race before us for your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Have an awesome first week. Do some homework.